The Mix Room with Genelec. Today we're chatting to Gatwick Production Studios, which, as the name suggests, is located just eight minutes away from Gatwick Airport. Uh, the facility's Treehouse Studio is a certified gold-class Genelec mix and mastering facility, and Dolby said it is the highest spec room built in the UK to date. So very high praise indeed, and certainly a reason to check it out. Um, so we've got owner and producer Brandon Knights, technical director and Atmos engineer Simon Ryder, and engineer and in-house producer Zach Smithson joining us today. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today and just so our listeners know who is who would you mind just very quickly introducing yourselves and your role at the studio hello well i'm simon i'm the technical director here at gatwick production studios so in terms of uh, i suppose all the sort of technical design behind the studios the day-to-day um keeping them running um networking audio over networking all sorts of things like that just sort of fall in my remit i guess um, I'm my name's Brandon Knights. I'm a partner here at Gatwick Production Studios and producer uh, and composer. We we do a lot of uh, bespoke music as well, so I get involved with that as well as working with Zach, who's here. He'll introduce himself in a minute. Um, hello, hello. Yeah, and Zach Smithson. Uh, I do mixing and music production here at GPS. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for that, guys. Um, so let's get started then. What are each of your routes into the industry? And feel free, you don't need to tell me your whole life story, unless you want to. I mean, it could be a very exciting tale. You know, how, what's led you all to Gatwick yeah. Production Studios? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I was a live front of house engineer for 26, 27 years, um, touring around the world mainly mainly working with uh reggae artists and most of the, a lot of jamaican legendary bands and experimental music jazz african world music as front of house i was very very lucky to work with uh the, the my favorite kind of music um it came to a point where i didn't want to be away from home for nine months of the year anymore after 25 years and so myself and my business partner alan sayers we historically we ran a sound company about 30 years ago we got bumped into each other i was um at the time weaning my what self off touring mm-hmm. and i was lucky enough to be part of the build for the pink floyd exhibition at the vna uh, museum and uh there was some immersive stuff going on there um i've always been really interested in immersive music I was uh, commissioned by the um, Royal College of Music to write them a piece of um, an immersive experiment maybe 10, 15 years ago, and with sound systems as well. We've always been a beautiful building here, and we basically decided to build an insane kind of studio, independent studio here at Gatwick with its great links. We're in between, bang in the middle between London and Brighton, and Mm. it just seemed to make sense. It's a lovely old building and we've been having a lot of fun restoring it back to original features. So it's got a nice sort of industrial chic kind of thing. And uh, yeah, Dolby Atmos, we started building that uh, before Apple rolled out spatial or anything like that. We, we were just really driven by the way we can, uh, you know, the way music's going immersively and the whole thing's very exciting. So that was my story really from live to studio. Okay, interesting. And what about you, Simon and Zach? Well, I, I mean, I also was a live sound engineer for about 25 years, actually, um, right up until lockdown hit. Um, so my background is as a front of house engineer, but also a monitor engineer and systems engineer. Um, so I came up through the sort of big London PA firms and um, 
toured the world with various various people you've heard of. And um, then I got more into sort of specialising in um, hanging big concert line array systems and running, you know, festival main stages, stuff like Electric Picnic and, you know, some of the largest festival stages in Europe and uh, then I became the technical support manager in the UK, uh, dealing with DAS Audio. So I was uh, doing all the training, teaching people how to do system alignment, hang line array systems, and that sort of thing. And uh, did a bit of sound design. Was uh, was actually on tour in uh, Melbourne when uh, COVID hit, and uh, came back into the UK just before lockdown. And um, and Brandon and I were sort of scratching our heads, and then this opportunity came up with Brandon and Alan to build build a studio here. So we uh, we, we sort of, uh, yeah, we sort of jumped ship on our live careers yeah. at that point. Kind of the kind of systems tech that you, you just don't leave home without him. So if we if we were designing a, a rig for, say, Wembley or any large venue, you know, with artists we work with, then Simon was always the go-to. He's just amazing at putting systems together. And he's brought this technical expertise uh, to go with production studios with, uh, with with his whole methodology, and he's just you know we we call him the wizard. So um, <laughs> it's been brilliant to have his and his continuing technical support. And and it, I must also add he's also a great engineer. And he's I think he was number eight in the country to do the avid Dolby Atmos course. So he's fully versed in mixing as well in the studio. Okay, you're in good hands then. I see. Yeah, and, and so Zach. I, I got into music production around, I'd say, six or seven years ago now when I was studying um, composition over in Holland. So I got well into that. I started doing more and more music production and less and less actual music playing. Um, and then so uh, studied music and met Brandon, uh, showed him some of my mixes. And he was saying, oh, I've got this new thing coming out, Dolby Atmos, Spatial Audio. You've got you, you've got to look into it. So I look into it, and then so in the last like few years, I've just immersed myself in kind of spatial audio and figuring all that out, and just like discovering different um, possibilities like composition, like light and shade. And we've been writing a lot with Brandon, uh, and that's that's what we that's what I and we do here. Yeah, Zach's a very talented young producer. He's got a really good oh, ear, is indeed. Um, it's particularly for more modern pop style music and it's just that cutting edge mix you know so uh, we have another great in-house engineer al riley who unfortunately can't be here today uh because he's up to his elbows in a uh, project we're working on which is uh as usual everybody wants everything yesterday so uh he he's uh very closely worked with ninja tune which we've also done some work with the label um and again, he's a very experienced engineer. So as as a bunch of producers, we, we're really across the board, you know, across genre. We love all music. We're all we're musicians to begin with. That's how we got into sound in the first place. And and uh, Zach and I write a lot. Uh, we just did a piece for uh, actually for uh, an ex a big exhibition piece last week in France. Um, but obviously, with the Atmos, more and more companies are are, are looking for. You know, this one on the commercial side, which is a, a, a little sideline of ours for immersive experiences. So, so being able to compose with with a spatial immersive Dolby Atmos, whatever you want to call it, in mind is uh, is a whole new a whole new ball game. I think and, um, certainly all the PA manufacturers are now releasing their own immersive technologies that will either read Dolby Atmos files or sort of kind of work alongside or in a sort of similar manner. So we're, we're sort of, obviously with our, our major live backgrounds, we're uh, we're very much sort of starting to position ourselves to work with these PA firms and, um, you know, custom compositions, working with their uh, existing artists. 
um, to you know literally fine tune what they what they uh, what they do in an absolutely world class surround mixed studio, um, and and sort of bridge our two worlds really. Now that we've now that we've sort of done the studio side, we're we're sort of now trying to sort of bridge bridge back into the live world as well and uh, full circle build, build on. I mean, Rather than myself, we've got a sort of good fifty years between us in, in that industry. Yeah. So we're, we're not exactly novices in that area. No, we're 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 <laughs> sorry, we're sound system people, really. I mean, I've worked in a lot of studios around the world as well. Particularly at the end of a tour with a band is is a, is a great time to record a new record. So I've, I've had a lot of studio experience. I've always had some kind of a studio, either not even at home, or I've always had some kind of studio set up. Um, because I just love making music and producing music uh, for for other people. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a journey, but it would be lovely to come full circle and, and do it on a huge scale. Absolutely. And you know, the, obviously, the content creation part we're we're loving because uh, we've got one of the best mixed studios there is. Really, we've hit you know we've really hit the specs, the Dolby specs, and um, yeah, the room is something else isn't it it, really? it is we we i mean we, we were very lucky because we i mean we we literally built from scratch our atmos mix and mastering suite um we didn't even have a room that we had to fit it into so um i looked at dolby's guide of basically what what they the targets of what they wanted you to achieve um and we literally designed the studio according to those parameters right from the very go so everything that they sort of listed as the gold standard was something we absolutely had to do in there um from the acoustic treatment from the um you know the frequency response of the room from the reverberation times to the actual room dimensions um you know the physical dimensions of the room uh the spl levels that we have to hit and sustain out of every single speaker in there to hit their gold standard um and we we actually designed the room around our Genelec monitoring system in there, and we we actually altered the room dimensions to fit what the speakers could do. Um, so we're in a we're in a very we're we're in a very unique place. And um, as as Dolby said before, they I mean they've actually I mean they still have those guidelines, but they now no longer require you to actually hit them um, for them to sign off a studio because, in the words, was literally nobody ever did um, until they visited us and their jaws hit the deck and we're just like oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, it shows when other people come in as well and you know it's, it's a great looking studio and everything but once once sound is coming out of those speakers and i just love seeing people's faces just like wow yeah it's incredible amazing i mean that's high praise indeed from dolby if no one else even bothered to try and stick to it you've clearly been quite regimented about it and i love it but um so obviously you've built treehouse studio as you've said with atmos in mind from the start so i know you do some stereo mastering as well don't you so what would you say your split is between atmos work and stereo um, or, is, or is it predominantly atmos because that's what you're you know focused it, on it depends because if it, if it's new material um basically every, everything that we're sort of doing is remix work um which is taking sort of people's existing tracks and then you know there's um very you know very um strict parameters people want you to stick through they want you to respect the original song and all the rest of it so they expanded it into atmos and you you know you need to create the you know the original flavor that it had even though you've got you know way more headroom to play with and um yeah and the, the artistic integrity of the, of the original recording um so that's all just straight atmos work at that point um with the new material uh, that we do, we we both do the stereo master and the Atmos mix and master of both. So, 
so we could we can sort of tie in um and rather than being straight jacketed in your atmos mix by what's been done before on our stereo mix you, you can actually balance the two together you you know you sort of start start trying to make the stereo sound more like the atmos quite often than yeah, um, yeah. than the other way around so so basically it's it's da- it's down to what we're working on if if it's new material then it's stereo mastering and atmos mix and mastering and if it's uh, if it's recreate you know if it's recreating and turning somebody else's work into atmos you know their back catalog or whatever then it's then it's just the straight atmos and when we're, we're not doing the stereo masters for those cuz they they exist already I see. Yeah. so um are all the major labels pretty much factoring in atmos mixes now from the get go yeah Yes, they um, pretty much. Um, obviously, there's uh, I'm, I'm, there's the sort of labels like Sony who have their uh, Sony 360 um, audio um, that they've they've sort of pioneered and released. So they've they've got a, they've got a big push on their record label for um, things to things to be in that. Um, Amazon and I think Tidal are streaming in the Sony 360 reality audio um apple music are obviously concentrating on their spatial side universal music group and you know every one of their subsidiaries they're they're just doing the atmos route um it's worth mentioning actually that when we were building this we were speaking quite closely with uh, caroline hilton who's the head of immersive music at universal music group and uh, she was really helpful obviously they've got their abbey road studios where they built a facility um and very quickly as soon as um, we sent her some mixes. They they put us on the Universal Music Group uh, preferred studio and, and and mixers list as well. So we're hoping to do more work with uh, labels associated with Universal in the future, as well as all the the independent stuff we're doing. But it's been, we're kind of still pretty new, so we're kind of finding our, our feet. Um, we haven't done a lot of marketing yet, um, as we're finding that certain people are magnetizing towards us for our more independent approach our our more creative side you know we don't just want to take stems well it's lovely to take original music and the stems and to do a beautiful atmos mix but it's also lovely to work with artists and you know get them down here demonstrate the room so they can really appreciate what what's entailed you know you can be very inspiring it kind of open when the, you see the sort of penny drop when you're playing some someone who's never actually heard a system like this before and it can alter uh the way they compose music and they've been very much into that and trying to help younger artists as well uh, and uh you know to get them in, involved in it because obviously people <clears throat> it works on headphones and a lot of uh, musicians and artists i know are only listening to Atmos now if they can. They're trying to download everything and listen to it in in an immersive format. And so we're finding that really is a nice thing to do. Rather, do you know what I mean? Rather than just be a corporate studio that just gets the stems, turns them out, we we, we have a more personal approach to the whole thing, a creative process. So that's what we're trying to be, if you like. Certainly, you know? various of our clients have sort of said, do you, do you charge any more for sort of in-person sessions? You know, are you going to charge extra if we, if we come along? And it's like, no, absolutely not. Come on, please do. Yeah. And we've got great coffee, you know. <laughs> it's like, exactly. You know, we'd, 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 we'd far rather have that sort of personal connection with people than just be, you know, than just be on the end. You know, we don't, we, I mean, obviously we, we will be setting up an online mastering um, and Atmos mix service um, in the fairly near future. Um, just to make it sort of you know that much more accessible. I mean, whilst our whilst our transport links being 
eight minutes from Gatwick Airport and six minutes from the M23 um, are quite exceptional. There's still, you know, there's still that you know, ability for somebody in, you know, Australia or whatever just to fire some files over to you and you send a mix back. But uh, it's always so much nicer to actually be be there in person in the same room with somebody, you know, and actually, you know, and then you're sort of experiencing the same thing. You're working on the same thing at the same time. And you, there's personal connections as well. It's just, it's just more fun for everyone. Yeah. Mm, absolutely and uh, from engineers that i've spoken to before it seems like atmos is very much an interpretive art rather than these are the strict parameters you need to adhere to for each particular track you know it's up to interpretation so how has that been to adapt to immersive mixes compared to stereo i imagine it was a steep learning curve or most people say they're still learning i mean how's it been it's it's definitely been a steep learning curve even just going back to having to do two mixes at once and kind of going back and forth it's like oh yeah that i really like that change that's great and then you open up the old project and go, oh yeah i'm still gonna do all that again on the new project now but um just again having the client there it kind of gives us the green light to try different things and be a little bit less um kind of tied down to the stereo version that's already been done sometimes you hear like um atmos mixes on apple music and we listen to them in the studio and they're kind of a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Obviously, they're great mixes, but in terms of the the possibility of the system, it's just kind of a little bit. You're ex- you're hoping for more. Yes, we found and, that a lot. Uh, just it being such a new technology, I think everyone's kind of in this same boat of what can we do? What's the best way of doing stuff? I'm hearing mixes from other people, and we're trying to look who who mixed that Atmos mix? Who's done that one? Because that mm. one sounds great. And some people like will pan the vocals like real left and right, and some will kind of keep it at the front in the 3D room. And it, it it is just kind of everyone's. It's cool being at the beginning of something where everyone's kind of learning and you're figuring out what other yeah. people are doing, and it's not like a science. I, I, I will say there is a very very big easy hallmark that you know we've we've learned to detect, which is we can pretty much instantly tell when somebody has mixed a song on headphones mm-hmm. in Atmos rather than actually mixing it on a proper system, mm-hmm. because there are just so so many techniques that sound really good on headphones that as soon as you actually sort of put it into a room, it just absolutely falls apart. It's like things like putting all your main vocals and sort of the, the side surrounds effectively on the headphones, which is basically sort of sticking them out, out to the sides. Literally, it, it absolutely pinpoints that centre vocal inside the head, right in the middle of your head, in the middle of that sound stage, so it sounds huge on headphones. The trouble is, as soon as you go onto a, you know, into an actual system that's playing it, as soon as you move just even slightly left or right, you've just a- absolutely massively altered the main vocal balance of your mix. You know, you, you're sort of lose, losing significant numbers of decibels just by just by sort of moving um and also you know so many people now at home you know they've maybe got a streaming speaker in the corner but you know they've got a big tally with a sound bar and a lot of them are now consuming their music from that and um a lot of those sound bars they're, they're using virtual side uh, virtual side surrounds virtual rears some have actual rears but are still doing the virtual sides you know where they're sort of bouncing off the walls and using phasing technology and it just so does not work if you put your center vocal out there, your main yeah. vocal out there. And at the same um, time, though, we're really conscious of you know end users, and I think that the frightening yeah. is it ninety five percent something like that of end users listen to music on headphones, and and so we do 
we do really monitor our binaural mixes as well. Yeah, so we, we get a lovely balance between, it sounds incredible in the room, it also sounds incredible when you put the headphones on, and we've got a sound bar as well for reference. Yeah, I mean, reference in studios has always been the most important thing. So, you know, the days where you go in your car and just check a mix, you know, <laughs> yeah. anything, you know, mm-hmm. we, we're still carrying on those traditions in a way because you've got to think about where the music's going to be consumed, as you said. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we still we still have a little pair of Auratones uh, knocking around that we, um, you know, just, just for sort of checking mixes on because, again, lots of people, you know, if they're listening to stuff on a speaker, they're just going to be lo- using a little Bluetooth speaker sort of fired off their phone or whatever. And, you know, the day, the day of the Auratone has, as, a, as a mix check has, has really returned <laughs> for that very reason. Okay. I, think that's, I think that's cool, though, that um, it just that technology is 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 getting better and better right yes. so at the moment i think there's a little way to go on the headphone binaural mix yes yeah that's something that a mix that's done today maybe in 10 years will sound better just because of that technology mm-hmm. of in-ear yeah spatialized sound will will be better exactly so. yeah we're not quite there yet but i suppose it's always a work in progress isn't it as the technology evolves you're doing your part it's up to manufacturers to do theirs for how we as you know consumers can experience it how it's meant to sound Exactly. And going back to your original question, my absolute love of um, dub reggae. I'm, it, his, uh, I was fortunate enough to work, like I said, with well, some... What does that long it would take you to? Well, <laughs> it was kind of a major part of my inspiration for building an immersive system because when you say about, you know, how you're approaching mixes, something like that that's really taken apart, you can... I've always imagined, you know, fighting with what can I fit into left and right, you know, pan this here, chop the EQ on that to make it fit. And with something as open as uh, reggae, when you're actually in a live arena and you're remixing it live, you know, even like muting drums and stuff live while the drum is still playing and, and going to your effects, you know, echoes and delays. The, the fact that you can now put that you know i always use the example of a hi-hat with a phaser on it because if you can just imagine that slowly revolving around your head in that part of the audio spectrum uh and then everything else just falling into place it's the whole experimental side of uh immersive spatial atmos music is uh that's a great example of it and it was really was an inspiration to to build this because so we we really try and on our own projects and for other people who may be a bit braver uh, we're working with some drum and bass producers as well at the moment that's where you can really push the boundaries and do quite astonishing things i mean that, that it's true isn't it it's some of our mixes uh, you can come in here and have a listen and and we can give you examples of extreme atmos everything's still focused you know like like you're at a concert but certain elements can just go off you know and there's so much fun isn't it doing stuff like that we've we've done mixes in the past where me and brandon have done uh, a kind of a standard atmos mix and a crazy atmos yeah, mix and exactly. we get the artist in and we play them the standard one and then play them the crazy one and like, oh, yeah. i want the crazy we one. call them the unfaithful <laughs> masters <laughs> what makes these uh unfaithful or crazy what have you done to these ones well, I say that because all the talk originally was like, you know, keep the integrity of the original music. When you're working with, you know, classic tracks and you do obviously want to maintain the sound of, of that original track. But um, it's just fun not to do that, you know, just to really <laughs> sh- show off the panel and like mm-hmm. show off you know, 
and there's there's ways we can like we've found ways of isolating certain sounds with with phase reversal techniques and stuff so we can isolate say there's a bell in the track in a stereo stem we can take that bell and make it come from behind your head or something do you know what i mean it's like that kind of thing you might not want that if you're uh you know it's, it's not yeah, Al, original Al, Al put in quite a bit of time basically um well he, he discovered he discovered this uh technique and um yeah, he's putting quite a bit of time sort of honing the arse, and I think he's producing some uh, little YouTube tutorials that will be coming out on it. And uh, yeah, and so, yeah, so right. bringing bringing that out of the world, what he's what he's managed to achieve. But it's uh, it's quite amazing what you can do with somebody's stem and what you can extract from it <laughs> yes. if you want. And that and that's before you get onto the new AI technology that's out there now, which is uh, jaw dropping. Yeah, and uh, quite uncanny. Which AI <laughs> technology? Uh, these these are the ones where you, you can literally. I mean, there's, there's a new one out. Um, Revex, um, Ripex, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Um, where literally you, you fire it in a stereo track, and it'll it'll literally break the thing down into stems for you. You sort of end up with a stereo drum stem. You can end up with guitars. Yeah, and they sound a little funny on their own. They sound a bit and phasey. They're, they're a little bit phasey, but you know, they, they're usable, that. and it's it's getting it's getting so good this AI stuff now mm. that it's 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 just borderline witchcraft what, what it really is. is it really it's, is it's, it's exciting times oh, it's so incredible what this technology can do I, th- I saw something earlier this week that was some kind of ai program that had taken voices of well-known singers and got them to sing other artists songs and it sounds yeah. like them and you just think how on earth has someone done done this but you know maybe you don't ask too many questions i'm sure that's going to have all kinds <laughs> of legal problems yeah, it's not safe out there. Yeah, Alice, it's just not safe anymore. Leave, leave, leave some clips of your audio lying around. You know, you've no idea what you may be found guilty of doing in the future. Exactly. <laughs> but that's kind of why we when we're having so much fun working on our own in-house stuff because we're not, as I say, just just a machine that's churning out existing stands, doing beautiful sympathetic, you know, integrity mixes. We're really experimenting, you know, and we just want um, artists and bands to come down and see us, and and uh, we lo- we love showing the place, don't mm, we? And then absolutely. opening the eyes, and like I say, helping helping the especially the youth. You know, there's a lot of uh, music colleges out there that that are teaching teaching these these uh, younger. I was going to say kids, but that's but, we're getting old. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's just like you've got to do this. You've got to use people in the industry. You've got to do this, and the whole creation side of it is getting lost. You know, and we, we'd rather be encouraging people to be creative and opening up. You know, breaking down boundaries and doing it the other way around. We've got a we've we've got an analog setup downstairs as well. A lovely big forty-eight channel analog board and a two-inch tape machine, and we love using the, you know, playing with that and mixing with Atmos in mind, and we can just go straight down the Dante into the Atmos suite. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's real kind of grassroots through to the latest technology here. And we've also built an amazing uh, Infinity Cove green screen. It's like nine meters wide with all the lighting. That's that's in on the same floor as as the treehouse. So we can we can do little videos. We were working with a great drum and bass DJ the other day, and she was in the cove, and and some of the VJ we put on afterwards was it's just incredible, isn't it? What we so we're kind of we kind of want to be helping artists and 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 creating stuff for them in a kind of a one stop 
sort of creative hub, really. Indeed, it? absolutely. Mm-hmm. And basically, sort of started building a community here. Where, you know, we're, we're very easy to find. We're very easy to get to. Yeah, and, it's, and, and um, we're independent, most importantly. We're not tied to anyone, you know, which is great. We do what we like. And um, it's so far so good. Absolutely. Mm. Or it could okay. just be the quality. <laughs> well, you touched on this earlier as well. So obviously, Dolby's requirements for Atmos uh, certification are yeah. notoriously high. Uh, and you said that um, a lot of the times they just tell people, yeah, whatever now, because people aren't adhering to the standards, apart from you guys, apparently. So could you just tell me a little bit about why you chose uh, the specific Genelec monitors that you did for this studio and what, what made them yeah, meet that certification? Absolutely. I mean, it's, um, obviously, there are, many, there are many studio monitor uh, manufacturers around and lots of them make you know, really superb products, but they they all they all have slightly different parameters, and we we just sort of we came we absolute. I mean, my sorry, I'll put my teeth back in. My background <laughs> as a engineer, so I've been teaching phase alignment and things like that for many years. So I very much wanted to um, stick with one manufacturer with a completely phase aligned product line that would actually work work in complete harmony and unison with each other. So I needed to find a manufacturer um, who actually did that level of um, R&D on their products and actually had that as a philosophy because actually you'd be surprised very few do. Um, so that, that, was, that was the first step. The second one was then finding somebody who had a product line that ticked our parameters of frequency response. Um, we decided very early on that we did not want to use base management in the studio. That's when... Um, from all the speakers that can't handle the levels that you're required to put out, um, everything below 80 hertz gets uh, fed into the LFE sub, um, which of course creates a time smear. So suddenly you've got the low end from your rear, rear, uh, rear up um, height speaker suddenly coming out of this sub in front of you and the rest of it, and it creates a big sort of timing error and a bit of a smear. Obviously, 80 hertz is what slap bang in the middle of your kick drum frequency yeah, for a start. You find another Atmos studio that doesn't use. Yeah, the LFE, you know, it's... They, we, we use LFE, but it's um, I mean, base yeah, management. Yeah, base absolutely. Management, yeah, and send most, to the most, most of them do. Um, and there's sort of two routes. Some some of the bigger studios have had to go down to the uh, route of PA manufacturers for their speakers because, you know, they've got bigger distances and bigger dimensions. Um, but then they lose the quality. They lose the they lose the distortion qualities. And um, I mean, with Genelec, we've we've basically managed to keep the keep the distortion in the studio at sort of full full reference levels and uh, and louder, at literally below one percent total harmonic distortion from the sub to literally all the way up. I mean, our frequency response in that studio is crazy. It's like um, fifteen hertz all the way up to about forty five kilohertz in there, and it's absolutely really flat. Um, so. We came to Genelec basically because they they were the only studio monitor manufacturer who had a sub that could do the level, um, had a product line that they'd really put the time and the effort and the R&D into to getting those distortion figures low enough for us, and also had products that were physically small enough as well. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we're using the one series, um, the eight three five ones as our uh, as our main as our main sort of sources. We've got the W three seven one A base extenders on the left and right as well that drop those to sort of twenty five hertz. But um, you know, we're we're able to sort of you know hit and exceed that frequency response criteria. I mean, Dolby say you should have a forty hertz extension out of every single speaker in there. Um, we're managing something like 33 out of our height speakers. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy in there. Um, with you know no level drop or whatever. And when you you know when you sort of do those pans, you, you literally get to hear everything 
exactly where it should be in perfect phase if you're linking between speakers there's no dips there's no there's no issues as you, as you pan from one speaker to another so we we, we chose uh Genelec and then worked the room dimensions with their product line as well so we we designed the room then to basically fit their their monitors as much as choosing their monitors to fit our studio and um, it's also worth saying that we, uh, we had brilliant support from JJ HHB. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's just a he's just a genius when it comes to putting systems together. You know, everything Avid, and obviously the Genelec. So he he was a big part of help helping design the studio and the technical support and commissioning it for us all. It was a really good smooth journey. You know, as a go to to have that kind of support. And, building a, and a lot of support and encouragement from Genelec themselves. Yes, and, exactly. And, and, of and of course, Dolby themselves as well. Yeah, they've all been, uh, been in and commissioned and uh, tested. And uh, so that's been a, it's been a very much coming together of, uh, of quite a few parties. Yeah, and we've felt looked uh, after. You know, that's it. it we felt we've been supported by them. It's been quite an amazing experience. It has, it? it has indeed. Two years, of, uh, two years or so of building it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. I'm glad to hear it. Um, well, it's not just about the sound as well. So tell me about the custom Genlec paint finish and the importance of aesthetics <laughs> uh, for you in the studio. Tell me yeah, about that. I'll, I'll let Brandon answer this one. Okay. Oh, well, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a, I, I, I love interior design. I've I did a bit, I've done quite a bit of it in between touring and stuff. And yeah, I've, I've worked in lots of studios. And as you know, you go in, there's grey walls, grey panels, black foam everywhere and stuff like that. Um, so it was really important to me from the, from the outset that we created a, a lovely environment. Um, and uh, I wanted to incorporate some natural elements, like some nice wood. And we've got these lovely handmade diffusers and absorbers and everything. But the main colour in the room is everything's white basically apart from the oak floor and white or oak really. um and oh yes yeah, so, yeah, it, so having this having that option okay it was a, a little bit better wait a bit longer especially for the sub because i think it's the yes. only one in, a, in it's, the, it's, it's the only white one in existence of those isn't it i think there's one in or, a commercial in a, in a it, studio in a yeah commercial studio i think some guy's got one on his some, yacht some, some, somebody far <laughs> richer than us has one on a yacht we, we like, really carefully designed the room as simon explained us uh, you know for acoustics but it was important to uh, we put in some really good led um lighting circuits so that you can change the color colors of the room um for whatever mood you're in and that was important to us so it just i just thought well have the speakers white as well and everything just blends in together. and also we have uh, which is pretty rare we actually have daylight and fresh air in there when we want i mean obviously yeah there's, there's the there's the incredibly quiet air conditioning system but um but one of the one of the acoustic panels on the wall will actually lift off it's got handles on it to do so and uh and we've still got a pair of windows behind there that you can throw wide and, you know, stream the sunlight and the fresh air. Yeah, in and, um, look and out on the roof terrace. We've got a roof terrace up at the same level, which you get to through through the kitchen as you come into, into the space uh, with a little, you know, we can do food and have drinks up there and stuff. We're looking forward to doing some more work on that in the spring actually a bit, bit warmer weather and we'll start uh start to, well we've, we've got we've got a, t- a tiki but tiki and margarita bar still <laughs> yeah. there, so. got loads of festival props and things you know being <laughs> great so it's it's a, it's a fun place and it's uh we also use the space as you walk through to the infinity cove 
as a gallery, as a pop-up gallery. So we support artists. We're um, exhibiting an artist called Bing Hitchcock at the moment, who does some incredible artwork. It's, um, how can we call it? It's like kind of crazy abstract art, which is printed onto aluminium. It's like he kind of captures light into his, into his art. And so it's nice to have the space to show artists as well. Going back to the whole... Creative, creative hub thing you know so it's a very visual experience when you when you come here and i think that that I've, I've spent so many so many days and weeks and months stuck in a studio staring at a gray wall you know with a with you know just standard off the shelf diffusion or absorbers or whatever and it's just not very inspiring so it's super important to me to create an inspiring space you know that's light airy you know something something that Base traps or corner base traps, they're 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 trees, you know, they're 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 routed out um trees. They're, very, they're actually quite mathematical how they work, but you're in a you're in a creative space and time just disappears in there, doesn't yeah. it? You know, you're not like I say, staring at a grey wall, you know, you you're looking around and there's lovely stuff to look at and it's inspiring, you know, you, you're kept in a good mood. Well, certainly it's certainly the reaction out of us of you know, literally everybody who's, you know, visited it from, you know world famous producers who spent 40 or 50 years in studios and things like that and their jaw just hits the deck when they walk in they're just like wow <laughs> this is amazing mm. oh, but it sounds like a great place yeah. to be not just sonically but visually with the artistic you know yeah. design flair in there fabulous yeah gapwickproductionstudios.com check us out there's some nice pictures on the on the website you can see the kind of stuff I'm talking about um, a lot of which was built in the lockdown where we disappeared down rabbit holes studying more about acoustics and, and, and making our own stuff which just absolutely works it does it's really well. well yeah as as dolby said you know they they just couldn't believe the sound in there could they so so yeah it ticks two boxes it works it sounds amazing but it's visually stimulating when you're in there as well yeah good to get the creative juices flowing i imagine rather than being a dark box absolutely yeah that's that's what it's all about mm. yeah Art is everywhere in, in this place. Indeed. In fact, actually, you're looking at a big Hitchcock uh, picture behind you at the moment oh, on, yeah. our, on our office. Floor. Oh, yeah, that's one of the sweeping it? eagle behind. Oh, yeah. I see. Love it. What about, um, so what's next for the studio? Have you got any more plans? Are you just going to keep building on what you've got at the moment and we, we, uh, to go for them this year? We've, we've got plenty. We've got plenty in the pipeline. We've we've just sort of been commissioned to do uh, 20, 20 tracks for a, for a very, well, for an absolutely world famous band. Um, but we can't talk about those at the moment because of non-disclosures. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we we've also, I mean, what have we got coming in tomorrow? We've we've got a local <laughs> ukulele band. So there's like there's fourteen of them. They're, they're in their sort of seventies and eighties, and they play. They go around the old people's homes and they play their ukuleles and stuff like that. And they they, they sort of just contacted us out of the blue because they sort of saw we were local and went, "Oh, studio, um, could you help us do a CD?" And so we, we sort of thought about it and just went. Well, it's just been really nice to do. So <laughs> we're, pop, we're popping them in the green screen tomorrow. So we'll actually film them as well. And yeah, just, uh, and just produce them a little, you know, a little DVD, a memento of it. Just you know, just because they or they just collect for um, St Catherine's Hospice, you know, and it's yeah. lovely. We've got they the do space funding for, for St Catherine's Hospice. So Fridays are normally the day where we do fun stuff and our own stuff, and we it do. was just a nice community thing to do, you know. So. so uh, they're like, we're not all that good, you know. So don't worry, don't worry. Just come in, you know. We'll stick a few ambient lights up, you know. Yeah, we're all about having fun. Um, 
So yeah, we we so we 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 mix things like that in amongst the serious stuff and the stuff that's uh, stuff that's paying the bills and um, yeah and, yeah working with a, this really rising star AC13 drum and bass producer as well that's been that's ongoing that's real fun uh, he's writing away at the moment he's definitely um, bearing you know going back to compose once you've heard Atmos the possibilities that open up when you're in the you know, composition when you phase you know it's just like wow i could put that there i could move that from there to there this could be great and um that kind of leads us really Absolutely. to the fact that our, you know to come full circle is really what we'd love to be doing the, the main plan really is talking to these pa companies now i was in a meeting with one of the leading manufacturers on friday up in london is to be able to bring this whole thing live um so <sighs> historically whenever we've tried to do anything or anyone else has tried to do anything, there's just been no content to play on, on, on anything. So people have been putting sort of immersive sound systems into places uh, for years, you know, sort of uh, quite often ambisonics or whatever, they've sort of put an ambisonics dance system in for a festival or whatever. And say to, say to all the guys, you know, to all the DJs and producers and stuff, you know, come on, come on, come on, produce a couple of tracks in this and all the rest of it. And nobody ever does. I mean, literally in the 20 or so years I've been aware of uh, people putting in these systems, I have not actually heard of a single artist actually remixing their stuff into into whatever it was. Whatever because it was, yeah. for the time taken to do so, there was literally no return for them. Whereas obviously Atmos um, is being pushed out on all the streaming services. You've got all the uh, synchronization possibilities because of all the film producers. Suddenly, they, if it's already in Atmos, they don't have to have it remixed to work in their movie or whatever. They can literally just take it straight off the shelf and, and sort of put it put it straight into the film soundtrack. Um, and the ability to then push that out into life. Suddenly, artists actually have somewhere somewhere to go with it. Basically, they've they've actually they've actually got a financial return for their effort yeah, and, 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 an actual, and an actual use for it. So yeah. it's, uh, And the big PA companies, the top three, have have developed their own systems. And I'm, I'm very happy to say from the meeting on Friday that our Atmos mix is dropped in fairly seamlessly with uh, this one particular brand's, uh, what's, what would you call it, uh, it's their processors. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of their object audio, object based audio. I shouldn't really processors. name names. It's um, difficult. But um, you know, you imagine going to you know we we want to be experimenting with the three thousand capacity big top in the spring, and we've got an area to do that. And you imagine a big name DJ and his hour long set. Three of the tracks are mixed immersively, and there's the system there to support that. What that or, or, what or audience, all of them. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to do all of them, I don't think. People would be going, driven crazy, wouldn't they? But yeah, you know, something at the beginning, something in the middle, something at the end, you know, where where the track just takes off. I mean, that's gotta be that's gonna happen. And for the audiences, it's gonna be amazing. You know, if you've got the lighting or laser shows or whatever that go along with those particular parts of the set. That's the way it's going, and the PA companies obviously realise this. But like I said, Atmos works with their with, with their, their systems. Yeah. yeah, so it's very very exciting indeed. We've built, we've got the studio now. That was another big incentive because you know we no one had any content before. So obviously, being in the sound system business for all these years, we were really good friends with some well known DJs, producers artists and now they've got a place where we can take maybe existing tracks or new tracks mm -hmm. and uh, that that's the really exciting future thing we're, we're spending quite a lot of time in researching that at the moment and working with these yeah 
PA companies. So that's an exciting bit. Most um, yeah, it's weird that we're from sound systems <laughs> <laughs> and not always just being studio guys, you know. So, and, so now now we seem to be the ones taking the studio back to the sound system again. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. I like that though. Very full circle. Maybe it's that's the way it's meant to be. <laughs> I reckon. Well, it seems that seems to be the kind of thing mm. with how it's going. Full circle, and Dolby love that about us, don't they? As well. Absolutely. So it's a bit of a different approach. Okay, well, it's always good to have Dolby on your side, uh, working away with you. So that's great. Um, well, I have kept you slightly longer than I promised, but uh, I do appreciate the time that you've spent today, uh, the three of you. Thank you so much for joining, by the way. It's been an absolute pleasure. I can tell from speaking to you, this is a really great studio for anyone to consider visiting. You've put a lot of time and care and expertise clearly into this, into <laughs> how it sounds, how it looks, the whole thing, the whole experience. I like the fun time Friday thing as well. Where are you based? I'm based in Whitstable. Hey, come down, bring some oysters. Bring some oysters. I'll I'll go down the harbour on the way, I'll nip past. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Gatwickproductionstudios.com. Come and see us. Yeah. Bring your oysters or just your tracks, but whatever. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Lovely speaking to you, Alice. All right, and you too. Thank you, all three of you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.